helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome to Life Transformations. Today we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is very appropriate for this time of the year. Today's show is about how to succeed at New Year's resolution. Yes, it's that time of the year when you're thinking about making positive changes in your life for the new year. And maybe you're a bit frustrated because you tried this the same time last year, but didn't achieve your goals. Stay tuned. This show is going to give you important tips on how you can use the way God created your brain to work, to make your brain work for you instead of against you in achieving your New Year's resolution. So stay tuned. For those of you who are new to the show, I am your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. If you have just joined us and you're not familiar with the show, uh, Elam is a nonprofit organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. Uh, we are able to air this show because of uh, the work that we do in providing counseling, but also uh, based on donations that we get from people who support this show. So if you have benefited from this show and you have not yet uh, supported us, I encourage you to, to do so. And we have now made it easier for you to support us. We have now launched uh, a podcast site online at this page at patreon.com. So if you go to patreon.com slash Elam Counseling, you will see a list of the shows there. And Patreon is a crowdfunding website that you're able to make small contributions toward podcasts such as mine for as little as $5. So be sure to check that out, patreon.com slash Elam Counseling Ministry dot com. If you're in need of counseling help, you can uh, reach out to us by calling our toll-free number 1-877-544-3546. So you can go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. So without further ado, we are going straight into the show on how to succeed at New Year's resolution. There are very many resolutions that are made at this time of the year, but I want to go through the top 10 resolution. And maybe as you listen, you can just check off which of these top 10 you have as part of your as part of your New Year's resolution, or maybe you have several of them. Maybe you have all 10. We will see as I go through the list. So the top 10 New Year's resolutions are one exercise two, to lose weight, three, to get organized, four, to learn a new skill or hobby, five, to live life to the fullest, six, to save money or to spend less money, seven, to quit smoking, eight, to spend more time with family and friends, nine, to travel more, and ten, to read more. How many of those did you get? As I listen to this list, I think I have one or two that I would like to achieve as well. So this show is for me as well. 
the sobering reality when we talk about New Year's resolution is that they are not easy to keep. Old habits die hard. And many of you may be frustrated because you willed yourself last year and you said, I am going to achieve these resolutions and I am really serious this year. But you realize as the year went on that you were not able to achieve your goals. Stay tuned. We're going to be showing you how to use your brain the way God created it to help you achieve your goals. Old habits die hard and the other sobering realities that willpower is just sometimes not enough. You could will with all of the best intentions. If you don't put in the principles that we're going to be talking in about in this show today, many of which are are supported by scriptures. I would say all of which are supported by scriptures. I'm going to be giving you the scriptural references for these techniques as well that I'm going to be talking about that will help you in achieving your goals. The statistics show that 90% of people who make New Year's resolution break them by January 15th. I know this sounds very discouraging, doesn't it? 90%. But bear in mind, in that 90% is that uncle of yours that is drunk on New Year's Eve and, and stumbling over his words. You go, yeah, I want to stop drinking by next year. I'm not going to drink in the morning. That drunken state, he makes a resolution. And so people like that who make resolutions are also in this 90%. But let me say that if you are serious about achieving your goals, any goals can be achieved if you follow the principle uh, that I'm going to be talking about in this show today. The first thing I want to point out is how the brain works when it comes to goal and what part of the brain is involved. And this is not complicated, so don't turn off your radio and go, well, I don't want to get into an anatomy study here. So I'm going to keep it very simple. There is this region of the brain that is called the reticular activating system, or RAS for short. And it's a part of the brain that deals with sleep and consciousness. It's like the control center of the brain that decides what we pay attention to and what we don't pay attention to. Have you ever been in a situation where you are in a room, let's say, for example, and there is a loud fan that is blasting, and then somewhere some some time after being in that room, you don't begin to hear the noise of that fan anymore. This is the the reticular activating system of your brain at work. It is now tuning out the noise of the fan so you can focus on other things that you're trying to focus on and that you want to focus on. Unfortunately, this part of our system, uh, of our brain, uh, is not very smart. And if you don't train it to do the things that you want to do, sometimes it can be very hard to break old habits. But, but don't be in despair because scripture is, is very, uh, clear on techniques that can be used to get your brain to work for you in a way that you can 
you can achieve your goals. Many people fail to achieve their goals because they they are not psychologically prepared for change and they do not set up themselves in a way to capitalize on the function of their brain to 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 have the goals that that they are desirous of achieving the the other thing i want to say as we go forward in this show is that this despite the fact that so many people fail at new year's resolution this is a great time of the year for making a, a, a resolution and for setting a goal because dates have psychological Power. New Year is a time of transition, a time where you can position yourself for something new. And so you can use that date to your advantage if you put in place some of the other things that we're going to talk about later on in the show. Uh, dates are not just dates, as I have said before. Have you ever considered that Sunday also has certain spiritual powers attached to it because of what it represents for a Christian? So it's not just like any other day because the day itself symbolizes the power of the resurrection, the victory of, of the resurrection over, over death that Jesus, uh, uh, one for us on the cross. So keep in mind that this time of the year is a powerful time for making those changes that you want to make. So we're going to zero in and talk about about how you can use your part of your brain. So, so many people fail at their goals because they don't have this second important step. So you have the date. Yes, it's New Year's and you're very zealous about the goal. The next step is very important. You need to come up with a ritual for switching on the reticular activation system of your brain. And yes, many of you have just tuned me out because you hear the name ritual and you're saying, is Michael getting into some sort of New Year's, uh, not New Year's, but some sort of new age idea here? Let me say that ritual is not a bad word. The scripture is full of examples of ritual. Take, for example, Leviticus 16, verse 16 to 19, where you have the purification of the sanctuary by the the, the purification of the sanctuary, the priesthood, and the people as part of the Day of Atonement. In Leviticus 16, verse 10, 20, and verse 22, we have also the example of a ritual involving the scapegoat in which this, the, 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 the priest prays the sins of the people on the head of the scapegoat and the goat is then led off into the wilderness as a visible sign to the people that their sins are being carried off. And if you're saying, well, this is the Old Testament and we are not in Old Testament times anymore. Why do we need to be doing rituals like that? Keep in mind that the New Testament also has its rituals. The communion is a ritual. The, our Lord, 
uh, instituted the communion and saying, take the symbols of the bread and the wine because they represent something spiritual. They represent something deeper and more profound, even though they are simple emblems. Baptism, where people are immersed in water, is also another ritual because baptism doesn't save, but it does something psychological to psychologically for many people who have been baptized. Uh, a few of my clients have had profound changes after being baptized. Uh, one example is a person who have been trying to quit smoking for many years, and we uh, invited this person to use their baptism as a way of transitioning from this state of being a smoker into giving up smoking. And they were able to use that ceremony in a powerful way to transition to overcoming that habit. So let me say that, that uh, let me just conclude this point uh, by, by repeating that rituals are in scriptures, that it's in the Old and the New Testament, but also our culture as examples of rituals. Have you ever considered that graduation is a ritual? When you walk up to that stage and you get that that diploma or that certificate, it is a, a, a way of saying you are transitioning from being a student to a new stage in your life where you're going to move on into, into the, the work world. And so it's important to, to realize that these ceremonies are there for a reason. So graduations and weddings are also rituals. So if you are serious about achieving your New Year's resolution, it is important that you come up with a ritual for what you plan to achieve. And the rules for ritual is that they, it, they have to be very simple, but they have to be symbolic. Let us use the communion, for example, the bread and the emblem. There are nothing there, there's nothing sophisticated in those emblems. They are simple everyday items, but they represent something at a deeper level. The bread represents the body of Jesus Christ in the communion and the blood represent the, the wine. And so come up with something that symbolize what is, what it is that you are trying to part with. So. It could be for, for someone who is trying to give up being a couch potato where you're on the, 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 the couch every day watching movies for hours. The, an emblem for you could be a remote or it could be a DVD that represents a, a video game that you're trying to to get over that you're addicted to, that you're trying to let go of. So think about those emblems. So if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show, and this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. Elim is a nonprofit organization that provides counseling from a Christian perspective. If you would like to get help, then you can give us a call at one 877 or you can go to our website 
website at elimcounselingministry.com to find out more about the services that we offer. And yes, we are a non-profit organization, and so if you would like to support us, then you can do so by making a donation to the ministry. We have also started a new page. It's a Patreon page, a page for podcasts such as mine, and you can find us at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Elim Counseling. And on that page, you can choose to support us from as little as $5. So again, every contribution to this ministry is well appreciated. So we are talking about coming up with a ritual for, for what, for the goal that you want to achieve and that how ritual is powerful. The sacrifices of the Old Testaments were rituals that God instituted, not for, because God needed animals to be slaughtered for our sins to be forgiven, but God had those sacrifices for us because He is the one who made our brain. He's the one who made the reticular activating system of the brain and he's the one who knows that that system is best activated by concrete things that that part of our brain does not deal with abstract concepts so when you say you want to achieve a goal it's a, a goal is an abstract concept so you have to be very specific as to to what you need to achieve but also you need to have something that symbolize what it is you're trying to achieve. So the next thing is that if you have come up with a, a ritual, you also need to develop a ceremony. The communion is not just Jesus saying, here is the bread and here is the wine. It represents my body and blood. But no, he said, when you meet, you are to do this. You are to break the bread and, and, and have the bread and the wine in a fellowship together that symbolize my, my death and resurrection, my body being broken for your freedom. And so if you have come up with the emblems that you need to that represent what you want to achieve for this new year, then have some kind of ceremony. A ceremony doesn't have to involve a lot of people. It could be you and your spouse. It could be you and your spouse and your children. It could be you and a couple of friends just saying in front of the other witnesses that these are my goals for the new year. And as I part with this remote, as I bury this remote or as I crush this remote. It is a symbol, a ceremony that is saying, I am serious about not wasting hours and hours in front of this television. Or it could be that you are giving up fast food and the ceremony for you could be a burger. (laughs) Yes, it could be something as simple as a burger. And you said, this burger that I bought for this ceremony, I am going to throw it in the garden. And as I throw it in the garbage in front of these two witnesses, it is a symbol that I am parting, I am giving up the eating of fast food to achieve my weight goals. Now, I know some of you out there are thinking that this is so simple, it's not going to work, but if Jesus instituted it in, in for the communion and we see it all through the New Testament, I guess the person who made our brain, God knows more than we do, and he's using things that helps us to better achieve the things that he wants us to achieve. 
So let us say now that you have, you're at the right time of the year, you have the, the emblems that represent what it is that you're trying to part with or achieve, and you have your ceremony. Now what's next? The next step is to train your reticular activating system, that part of your brain that controls what you focus on. Now the good news, as I said at the top of the show, is that God got very specific throughout the Bible in how to train our brain. Yes, the Bible as a, as a, as a number of examples of how we can train that part of our brain. One example is found in Proverbs 7, verse 2 and 3. So here we have a, a situation where God has just given us the goals he would like us to achieve. In this sense, the goal is keeping the commandments. Now, he didn't just give us the goal and say, the, the goal to keep the commandment and say, good luck, you're on your own, run with it. No, he realized that our brain needed to be trained. And so God got very specific as to what we needed to do. He said, keep my commandments and you will live. But he didn't stop there. went on to say, quote, guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tables of your heart. So what is that saying to us? The apple of our eye are things that we, 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 we are close to or that we look at. It forms a sort of reflection in our eyes. And so the apple of your eyes is saying that you need to have the, the, the laws that I have given to you visible so that the image of it forms on the apple of your eyes so that you're, it's always in your sight. And then he says, come up with ways to put these things on your body so that you're reminded of the law. So binding them on your fingers, that's referred to in Proverbs 7 that I have just read, is a way of saying, have visible signs on your body. So a fit band, for example, can be a way of reminding you of your goal to keep fit. A picture on your refrigerator of the weight that you want to get to can be a way of doing what is spoken of here in Proverbs 7, verse 2 and 3. But it gets even better in terms of practical example. Let's look at Deuteronomy 11, verse 18 to 19. In reference to the laws that God has given, he goes, he says, quote, fix these words of mine in your heart and minds. Tie them as a sign on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, speaking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and gates, unquote. So here we have very specific things that God is telling us that we can do to train our brain to stay motivated. If you don't train that part of your brain, the reticular activating system, if you don't train it, your motivation is going to go by the 15th of January. So let's look at, uh, again, let's recap what, what, G, what God said here to the, to, to the Israelites in Deuteronomy. He said that he's, he's there to, to, to write these things 
He's there to bind these things on their foreheads. They are to tie them as a sign to their hands. So if you know anything about uh, Jewish culture, you know that the, the, the Jewish rabbis and the Jewish people who keep the law would have things on their garments that they wear and things even on their head, uh, little pouches that they wore on their forehead that would literally contain the Ten Commandments or portions of the Torah. And this was a serious way of saying, I am training this brain of mine to achieve the things that I want to achieve. But then the, the, the scripture also went on to say that we are to write them on the doorposts of our houses. In other words, put up pictures in your houses that remind you of what it is that you want to achieve. This is God who is saying this, who is telling the Israelites how they can achieve the things that he wants them to achieve. And so serious Israelites who, who are successful of keeping the law would do just that. They would have things on their doorposts and on their gates that reminded them that they need to keep the commandments. And by so doing, they are training the reticular activation system system of their brain. But he also said that we are to think of them when we lie down and when we get up. So first thing in the in in the morning when you get up, you should have something to remind you of your goal each day. Or you're going to or your activation system is going to your reticular activation system is going to go back on autopilot and you're going to fall right back into hold old habits. So Deuteronomy 11 verse 18 to 19 tells us that in order to achieve these goals, we need to be reminded of them when we lie down and when we get up. When you're going to your bed, you need to have something that reminds you, yes, this is the goal that I have in mind. And the purpose of doing that is that you are training your brain to stay motivated. Now, this is not... uh totally new for people who are in business. People who are in successful business have have things in place that trains their brain to stay motivated. The chart in that boardroom of the achievement to date is a way of of staying motivated, of getting the reticular activation system to be focused on the goals. The meetings that you have on Monday mornings where you recap each Monday where you are along your pathway of achieving your goals is a way of activating the system. So in the trainings that I do for corporations and I do for individuals who hire me to help them achieve their their goals, these are things that we put in place. And I can tell you, it works. When you follow these principles, it works. Every successful business has these principles in place. So we're quickly out of time today, but I want to encourage you not to give up. You may have failed many times, but I would say make some resolution now for the new year and follow these principles that we have talked about. If you have missed the first uh, part of the show, then you can go back and listen to it on our podcast on our website at elimcounselingministry.com or you can also go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash elimcounseling. 
So let me wish you all the very best for this new year. And may God bless you and your family and give you health and prosperity for this new year. So on, remember again, if you need to call us, you can call us at 1-877-544-3546 or go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you.